I'm going to quickly introduce myself and then we're going to spend some time talking about Allison and learning more about her business, her story, her journey. And I'm so excited for this. So for those of you whom I have not engaged with or met with yet, my name is Erica Jordan Thomas. I am a former teacher, a former instructional coach, assistant principal, principal, currently a full-time doctoral student in education leadership at Harvard Graduate School of Education, and I'm CEO of EJT Consulting LLC and Get Launch Consulting, and so I support educators in helping them launch their consulting business. I'm so excited tonight to have Allison with us, who's an alum of Get Launch Consulting Cycle 4, for us to be able to learn about her story. So welcome, Allison, and hey, y'all. Allison, tell the people like your your education movie trailer. So tell us a little bit about like your story in education so we can that can put into context your your journey as an entrepreneur. Where have you been? Where are you now? And uh, we'll talk about where your business is going here in a moment. All right. So good evening everybody. Thank y'all for joining us. It's you know, you can never not be appreciative enough of having people who want to just listen to your story. So I'll start with that. I have been in education outside of my formal education, being educated since two thousand and eight where I joined Teach for America in South Louisiana when they first started to bring in what they call homegrown talent. I'm a graduate of Southern University in Baton Rouge. And so I was actually one of the the first graduate from Southern University to be selected into Teach for America. Um, so I taught in Baton Rouge mm. for three, four years. Um, and then I went down to New Orleans for a little while. Wasn't really jiving with the culture at the school I was I was in there. And so shortly thereafter, I relocated to Alabama, where I joined Teach for America staff. I mean, I worked on staff there for two years, where I was a real-time coach and MTLD program director. I created my own title while I was down there. <laughs> uh, I called myself the mild. Very entrepreneurial. I love I, it. I uh, called myself the mild. And so while there, I worked a lot in rural communities, the Black Belt, if those of you who are on, if you're familiar with that area of um, the South. So I spent a lot of time in my car on the road uh, traveling to coach teachers. Uh, through that, I realized like how much I enjoy coaching adults for a lot of people. That is not Something they enjoy. They like being with kids. Like, yeah, the kids are nice, but I like seeing adults grow. So while there, I was, I did RSLA, which is another program we Teach for America. And I also had the opportunity to think about my leadership long term. Like, did I want to stay on staff? No, I really miss being in a school and seeing change happen in a building. So I joined KIPP at that time where I was, went to their, went through their leadership program and helped to found a school in Forest City, Arkansas. So see, Louisiana. Alabama, Arkansas. In Arkansas, we opened with 72 students. I decided I was ready to have a child. So that commute back and forth didn't really work for me. And so I moved to, well, I stayed where I was living in Arkansas, but I worked in Memphis for a year and a half. Working at KIPP in Memphis just didn't work for my, my lifestyle at the time with having a small child. So I rejoined staff in Arkansas until my position was consolidated. I and mean, it seemed like the right time. I'd have always wanted to live in D.C. The love of my life lives here. She's been, she was born here. So I was like, mm, let's go. You know, what do you have to lose at this point? So when I got to D.C., I worked for a charter school as an assistant principal. Currently, I work for DCPS, so the district schools now, uh, where I serve as an assistant principal for eighth grade. Wow. Oh my gosh. Allison, I I don't think I knew about all the stops in your journey. Like I knew about some of them, but like hearing you you play it back, I don't think I realized the the depth of your 
like geographic experience, which is fascinating. It's so, so fascinating. And someone in the chat who is identifying themselves as a fellow Kipster is showing you, showing you some love. <laughs> All um, right. So, so talk to us a little bit about like, when did you first have the idea of, I want to start a consulting business and maybe it may not have a bit. And maybe that's the question is like, was it that clear of like, I want to start a consulting business or did it sound like something else? Talk to us around like that early first moment. I think it was like, Oh, I I got excited. Probably seeing something maybe that you had done. I also know someone who was in New Orleans who was someone I knew through teach for America who also started a consulting business. And it just, it seemed like it gave, gave you all like this freedom. I know there's been a lot of conversations around more black and brown women in particular, like going into this, this venue. And so I talked to my wife about it because I'm one of those people, I have an idea. And it's like, oh, it's an idea. And she was like, no, just, we're going to try it. Just what you want to do, we're going to try it. So that's kind of how I was born. I was home. I had a little more flexibility. We'll say I was about four or five months pregnant when all of this like popped into my brain so we'll, we can blame it on the pregnancy as well like, oh, I'm, gonna try <laughs> I'm gonna try to do all the things while pregnant right for me I know how underdeveloped middle level leaders are like thinking about the people I coach at work and me not being there for being on leave before I gave birth or right after I gave birth to my son but even thinking about the different levels of leadership within the buildings that I've been in and a lot of people just being thrown into that it's like no, I am uniquely positioned to do something different about that. Yes, I can coach the people in my building, but what about all the other people who need this additional support? And so that's like really where the idea kind of just took off from there. Mm. So tell me if this is an accurate statement and, and maybe maybe it's changed since from that moment a few months ago of that you, is it accurate to say that you have been clear on the problem your business is solving like since the beginning or do you feel like it was like evolving type of thing like what what was your experience in terms of like all right I I want to expand my impact in this way but in terms of the problem you'd be solving in your business how how much clarity had did you have in the beginning I think I knew I wanted to coach adults but not necessarily teachers I've been through coaching first and second year teachers it's, it's for some people, it is not for me. Given my experience, it makes sense to coach that middle level for me. I've been a mid-level leader. I've been through a number of programs, graduated uh, from Columbia under the Summer Principals Academy. I coach teachers through uh, certain institutes with Teach for America. So mm-hmm. those mid-level, like I learned how to coach through layers. And then when the, I think also like being in the pandemic, seeing the shift for a lot of principals and other like upper level leaders, just delegating tasks because things are just coming at them. For me, I'm pretty clear on my leadership and what I can do. And so you can give me a task. I know how to prioritize it at work and still get the things done that I know are necessary to move the needle for kids. Not a lot of mid-level leaders know how to do that. And so for me, it's like, nope, this is what I need to focus on both in my locus and then how can I expand this? How can I extend my knowledge to others? So I would say I was pretty, pretty clear. Mm-hmm. So on, on who I wanted to focus on, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with, so when it comes to, so one of the things, you know, I've been having conversations with, with a lot of entrepreneurs that are like in the earlier stages of their business, it's like, you got to experiment a little bit to like get you some clarity of like, experiment whether it's like with services or who you're serving how you do it 
like you've got to experiment a little bit. And I know, I know of some ways that you you've been experimenting your business, but would love for you to kind of share with folks what your experience has been in experimenting and trying new things in your business and, and what you've learned through that. Yeah, it, it has not been, I will say easy. It hasn't been easy at all because it is new, right? I didn't go to business school. I'm just learning as I go, again, going through your course. So the first thing I tried was a email course. Well, no, before that, I did a survey, right? I did a survey just to find out what schools were doing. Uh, I have, based on what I've named, like a lot of connections, a lot of people around the country. And I was just asking, like, what are they doing? What is What does a leadership development look like at your school? What does a mid-level leadership look like? What are the pipelines that are offered to teachers who want to go into leadership? And I kind of took it from there. It's like a lot of people who work in schools don't have extra time. They don't want to spend the money even like to to go to a program like Columbia, right? It it costs a lot of money Mm -hmm. and time. And like we're, I'm at an age, I'll speak for myself, where people are having children and the commitment becomes even tighter. And so that's where I started. So I was like, oh, let's do an email course, self-guided. I know someone else who had, went, who had gone through your program who do the email course and had a lot of success. Let's just put it out there, self-paced, and see how it goes. I didn't have a as much as many people as I say I set for my goal, but it was a decent amount. And so I was like, mm, this is a lot of work on the front end, but I don't really get to engage with people. It's like I've been locked in the house. I want some level of engagement. Mm level of engagement with people i like to tell people i like to tell my my family i'm an introvert but i really thrive in front of audiences if if i'm being honest and so i was offered an opportunity to do a keynote and so the person who selected me was like i know you started your consulting business this will be a great way to get out in front of people and so i I took i took the person up on the offer um it was for educators um, at varying levels. And so I was like, for me, I, I could take that risk um, to get my name out there. Um, so I've done some keynote and I've done some paneling as well for, again, education, but not necessarily geared towards mid-level leaders. More recently, what's coming down the pike is a leadership course, particularly on anti-racist leadership. I'll be serving a school district here in a few weeks to do okay. some PD. Um, and then I have a course that is specifically geared towards those teachers who are looking to go into leadership and those who are like in a lower to mid-level leadership who, who want some additional support. So I'll be uh, starting that in March. Wow. Oh my goodness. So I love, um, this is one of the things, you know, we talk about in Get Lunch Consulting is, you know, building a business around your strengths. And so, part of what you just shared is like this experimenting caused you to get clear and data back in terms of what it would look like to build your business and build a, a business model around your strengths. So even just the clarity of just, you know, I, I thrive off of connections with other people in my business. And so like that level of, of clarity, that data point and knowing that is, is really amazing because, you know, part of what you were saying before in terms of what, what kind of got you thinking about consulting is that like there's it there is freedom in being able to be a CEO of your business and an entrepreneur. And so if your business is sucking the life out of you, <laughs> then you're doing something wrong. Like you gotta you gotta shift things up. And so I just love that example of just getting clear on like your your energy, like where you get your source of energy, what brings you joy and really building a business around that. 
So you were starting to kind of talk about this in terms of how you found your first client in your process of finding clients. And so talk, talk to us about that a little bit, because I have a hypothesis that I always share and I'll share, you know, once, once we hear your story, but talk to us around your process of finding your first couple of sets of clients. That happened almost simultaneously. Like, so I was doing the get launch consulting and the person reached out because I was starting to, I had already started to brand, but this was like the real work. So someone reached out, we went through there, but I will say this idea of being connected to so many people while it's great is very scary. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people know me in different capacities. People know I'm skilled, right? I, I get that a lot from, from people not to, to toot my own horn, but I am skilled and I'm passionate about what I do. And so to go from a person who's like, I've been a coach, I've been a, been a school leader. And it's like, oh, now you're doing your own thing. Hmm. I could get behind it, but I want to see you do more of your own thing. So that was more of a fear I had more than what's been actually named because I've had people, I'm just, you know, Hey, how you doing? Oh, I hear you got a consulting business. Like I'm super proud for you. Um, and so it's like to hear that it's like, oh, so people are paying attention to what I'm doing. Um, I think also trying to launch in this, in the fall, winter of last year was another thing that caused me to like take a step back and like kind of doubt what was happening. Like a lot of things are happening. People are losing their jobs. Maybe this isn't the right time for me. And so I just, I started to connect with people, even the people who com- completed the survey. Like I reached back out, just let them know, Hey, I'm still available to, to, to work together. And some of the other just connections that I have, like I, I pride myself on being able to build relationships with people over time. And so people have started to just reach out to me, which is, it's a, it's a humbling experience. That's mm. what I'm mm. And so I, I feel like, so you, you, me testing my hypothesis, your example is confirming my hypothesis that you already know your first client, which I like say all the time, you just don't know it yet as a business owner. And really it, it's a matter of being able to work your network, to mine your network, to leverage your connections, to be able to identify where that is and where the ripest opportunity is. And to your point, I love what you shared of like, because this is why, you know, starting with your network is the best place is because those are people who, who've already built trust with you. So the fact that you were saying like people were were taking note of like, oh, Allison is about her business. Oh, this is what she about to do. Oh, I need to get on because they already knew your experience. They knew your skills. They knew your receipts and what you were coming to the table with. And so I found that a lot of people, the way we get in our own way early on in the business is we have this narrative in our head that like, oh, I have to go and find my client and who do I need to sending cold emails and reaching out to people who don't know us yet when that is a part of marketing and a part of your business strategy, but actually shouldn't start there just because of the runway it takes to build trust. And I also, the other thing I love that you said of this healthy risk that you took of and and this is an observation I've had even before you joined the course, like you put yourself out there, like people can't leverage your business. They don't know it exists. And so I'm curious of you are starting to kind of indirectly name some of this. And I wanted to like ask a specific question around it of what the mindset work has looked like for you. And so if, if like, there if there was any mindset stuff behind the putting yourself out there or some in other mindsets you had to work through because it's there's always mindset work what's kind of been your mindset story man i think there have been several right one i think 
and I read this somewhere, like I've been doing, so I've been doing a lot of like nonprofit work. I've done it for so long. It's essentially, I'm, I'm stealing someone else's words. So I'm going to say that on the front end, it's like particularly as a black woman, we've just been giving our work away, right? Come on. Come uh, on. We, we, we give our work away. It's, 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 it's not necessarily that we are trying to save the world, but it's who we are. And so because of that, it's like, oh, I'm going to just do this for a friend. I'm going to just do this. And it's like, there are people out here making major bank doing stuff for friends, right? So I had I had to get over that first. I know I'm skilled. I hear people say I'm skilled. But to then put yourself out there is something completely different. Depending on who it comes from, I am okay with feedback. But, you know, to, to put yourself out there, it requires a lot. It's, it's like you put yourself out there, and if it doesn't go well, then people are going to talk. But if you do put yourself out there and it goes exceptional, then people are going to talk. And that is how you build yourself, build your clientele. Mm -hmm. And so I I am still working through that. Uh, Like I named that for for Mm -hmm. what it is. I think some of the the other major thing, uh, which goes back to my first point, is around like the money. Who's going to want to pay for something that they can get from me or anyone else, possibly for free? And so, like, just figuring out was like the the mind trash is like getting through that, especially around money mindsets. Why can't I sell my services? Why can't I sell what's in my mind to people who are willing to pay for it um, versus people just getting something haphazardly put together because it's the trend right now? Mm-hmm. Um, even in that, even in that same vein, when I set out to do this, this was about leadership coaching and development. Not mm-hmm. one type, not for one type of individual, but what people have come to me because they, they know some of the work that I've done, they've come to me around a lot of diversity stuff. I intentionally mm-hmm. did not set out to do the diversity work because the, the landscape is saturated currently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I can't speak to the quality of that. I only know what I do. Uh, but it seems like a lot of what people have asked me for is in that vein because they know that's the work that I have also done. Mm-hmm. And so trying to figure out the shift, like, do I shift to accommodate this need or do I stay where I said I want it to be? And so that's something I, I kind of toggle back and forth with as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. There are three things that came up for me as you were sharing, because you just shared so much goodness and uh, your your story and your your truth and your vulnerability is a gift in what you just shared, because there's already folks who in the chat are sharing that they're what you're saying is resonating with them and so the the first thought that came to my head and i just had to google it was a audrey lord quote that said when we speak we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcome but when we are silent we are still afraid so it's better to speak and so i just thought about that quote of what you were saying of well i'm uh, when we put ourselves out there um, the fear of like what people might say or how it might go, but it's like, but if it hit, like, <laughs> like this, that's of being able to stay focused on like the possibility rather mm-hmm. than the like what ifs, and so and that you know you can't get free by playing small, and so that was kind of the second thing that you made me think about. That's something I've been kind of processing the past couple of weeks is like the way the way the different ways you know, internalized oppression shows up for marginalized community and particularly from as both of us who identify as black women speaking for myself, but the the piece that I just thought about as you were speaking around the free labor of like, actually that is a t- internalized oppression of like, 
feeling this this guilt of having to to give our labor away from free because historically our labor has been free and so like historically when we talk about enslaved people our enslaved ancestors who were who were forced to give labor for free and now here we are you know internalizing that that history that culture of giving away our labor for free and and what it takes to really to to exhale what what this what we've inhaled in the system Mm -hmm. and so i love you you mentioning that and naming that because i have found so many of us and when i say us meaning educators meaning early stage entrepreneurs meaning women meaning black women like so many of us really struggle to move out of to pivot from giving away our services for free to to paid and and the mindset work that it takes to do that and recently i've just been sitting in of making the connection of of the historical nature of free labor within our communities and so that was that was you know the second thing that came up for me which is just is is just one thing the second thing that i wanted to share and the third thing honestly i forgot um (laughs) what it was because i was just like oh my god you're sharing so much good mindset stuff because the mindset work every new level you get to in your business there's a new mindset you got to conquer and a lot and just continue to like push through and do the work so i'm gonna i'm gonna just just pivot us a little bit and because i think one of the unique things that you were starting to touch on in your story is that you know and a lot of people ask is around balancing uh, and managing both and i kind of hate the word balance because i feel like i feel like balance like gives the impression that things are 50 50 like a scale mm-hmm. and that balance does not always look 50 50 balance can look 30 70 it could look 80 20 like people have their own definitions of balance but you know as you mentioned you have a full-time job and you also have a family you're a mom and you're a wife and so you have lots of many different roles that you play and you're also an entrepreneur and so how from your experience what have been some of the the strategies that you've used to to help you I'll say manage and not balance to help you manage your business as well as manage the other things you have going on personally and professionally. I will not sugarcoat this for you all. I I don't have it figured out. Like I am constantly trying to figure out this, this balance of time because essentially that is what it is. But more recently, and I'm not recommending this for anyone. I do have a three month old. So just to put that into perspective for those of you who are not aware three-month-old, uh, uh, almost two-year-old, and a four-year-old. And so I get up at 4.30 in the morning to be able to have some me time that's working out, that's spending some time with the business or other endeavors that I continue to to get into so that by the time they are up at 6.30, 7 o'clock, I can give them my time until it's time for me to be at work. And there's a balance, again, still being at home. I'm fortunate enough to work from home right now until probably mid-spring. So figuring out my downtime, whatever that looks like, to answer emails to we're in the thick of observation season and evaluation season at work. So between putting some of the work of my business into practice with coaching teachers, like just giving myself feedback on that, and then like taking notes, 
And then I try to wrap up by a certain time. Like even this time here is precious. My kids are going down to bed, but it's also having a partner and being able to work work with my wife and take the feedback. Like I said, I don't always take feedback well. Uh, <laughs> take the feedback that like I'm I'm putting too much time out. And so taking that feedback, knowing that I have someone, I have a support system, right? Mm-hmm. I would not, like, you can't underestimate a support system, whether that's a significant other family members who allow me to be able to do this. I am ambitious, mm-hmm. overly ambitious sometimes. The Hamilton song where it's, it's not the same, same uh, sequence, but about never being satisfied. Like I'm always going to want to do more and be more because I want to leave a legacy for my children. And so I, I try to find balance. I have a calendar here. I use two or three Google calendars. There's another calendar sitting over there to try to keep mm-hmm. the balance, but it, it doesn't always work. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's real. It's real of like the, how you play with the, the construct of time and how you, you can manipulate the construct of time is real. And I feel like, I feel like if anybody is positioned to get creative with time, it's educators. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Like, I got to teach an objective in 75 minutes? Okay, so let me, like, <laughs> let me figure out how I'm going to finagle this, play with some time, or it's like, oh, you found out we got an assembly today and I only got 30 minutes for the lesson? Like, what? And so just just making the connection of, of the the toolkit we build as educators of how it translates into your business mm-hmm. um, that that is that is one of those skills uh, I just remembered my third thought related to what you were saying around the interest that you're getting from people to provide a service that is actually solving a different problem than what you had intended in your business I really appreciate you bringing that up because for Cycle 6, we had our live Q&A call yesterday and actually this exact thing came up of like, well, what do I do when I want to go this way in my business, but I've been known for other people to go this direction in terms of a problem in my business. Like, what do I do? And it made me think of that conversation, given what you just shared of just the idea that there are stages of a business, just like there's stages of a school. And so there's an early stage founding school, which you got the experience with, like literally opening up the doors. <laughs> there's the turnaround of a school, which I think you got experiment experience with that too. There is the good to great stage of a school where it's like, all right, Kids ain't running in the hallway no more. <laughs> like everybody in class, we got data meetings going. We got instructional coaching. We got our systems and structures in place. Everybody's safe. We good, but now we need to go to grade. And so mm-hmm. these different stages of a school actually require a different, a different orientation, a different like decision-making structure. And when it comes to your business of being early on in your business, your criteria for what you say yes and no to is different then when you're more developed in your business, your your streams of revenue are more steady, your criteria shifts. So for, you know, example, for me early on in my business, I was saying yes to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't all solving the same problem, but I was saying yes to a lot of things because I was in the early stage of my business and I need to bring in revenue. Like I needed to bring in money. And I would, I would, of course, I wouldn't say no to things that either didn't make me unhappy or I didn't feel like I was genuinely qualified to be able to do that. 
So if someone were to ask me to give a science PD, I'm not doing science PD. I've never taught science. <laughs> like that's not my content area. I taught high school math. I can't do that's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I was taking on more consulting engagements that were solving more than just one problem because in my business I needed to prioritize bringing in steady revenue. And then, so to your point, you have the option to say no whenever you want to. And early on in your business, you might say yes to things that are solving a different problem that you have a a level of expertise in. And then they'll become a a point in your business, a sweet spot where you're like, look, the money's flowing now. I ain't got to say yes to everything. I could be picky and choosy. I can start saying no. Where it's like, all right, I'm I'm going to, where before it was like a little bit, I got my hands in a few things. And then the ratio of problems you're solving is going to start leaning into one core part of your business and you're going to start, you know, narrowing down on some other areas. So I just really appreciate you bringing that up because we had that exact conversation last night and what people were really saying of like, well, I could go this way or go this way. It's like, well, I go this way, but the money over here calling me and that's a different problem. <laughs> answering this call for the money because I've done that before. It's different from my business. It's like you decide. And early on in your business, you like, look, I got to bring in revenue. I got to bring in revenue, and that's that's totally cool. All right, we're gonna um, transition here to our last couple of questions. And if you all have questions, go ahead and drop them into the chat, and I will make sure that we um, get those answered for you. So for for my last ish question, Allison. Um, what advice do you have to other people who are launching their consulting business who are on the journey? Oh, wow. I would say be flexible and give yourself grace, right? Particularly if you are a type A person. I am very type A. There have been days and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. It's taking up too much of my time. I don't, I, I don't have the energy to give to this. Um, and then I'll get an email. Somebody will call or say something. And so I was like, give yourself grace. It's not going to all fall in your lap at one time, which is great. Like, it's truly a blessing that everything hasn't fallen in my lap at one time because I I really do enjoy my full-time job. I love what I do because I get to work with and coach teachers, which is what I, I thrive on. But I, that's that's what it is, I think. Just give yourself grace and, and don't give up. Like, it, mm-hmm. it'll come when it's supposed to. I think somebody put that in the chat a little bit earlier it's like when it's supposed to happen it will happen and so i think that's that's a big piece and the same way i started the call like giving gratitude you can never give enough gratitude to the people who support you even if you don't know that they're supporting you i think starting in or ending everything you do in that space it just it lends itself differently Mm -hmm. than i gave you these skills or i gave you something to go and do i give you appreciation because for some of these jobs like you are creating an opportunity for me and my family in some way, mm-hmm. right? And so I think we, when when celebrities tell their audiences thank you, like I've started to like internalize. It. I was like, oh yes, thank me because without me, you wouldn't have the check that you have, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like extending that gratitude because you could be spending your money and your time somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think th- those are the two the, the two biggest things. For me. Yeah, oh, I love that. Well, we got two questions, and if they're final questions, you want to drop those in now. The first question is, how do you avoid? You're kind of mentioning this, but how do you avoid burning out with your time management? Uh, I saw that my, my mother put that in the chat. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> It's okay. You know, Come that's on, okay. yes. the, the, the village, the village be everywhere. Right. So lately I've I, like, if my alarm goes off at four thirty and I'm just not there, 
I just stay in the bed. I, it is very hard for me to just stay in the bed because then I'm thinking about all the things that I've eliminated in that two and a half hour time span. Like what didn't I get to get to because I chose to sleep. And so that's a way that I try not to burn myself out. I, I have the reminder that is my wife of like, hey, phone down. Like it's not computer time. Um, and I think it, as an entrepreneur, you could burn the candle at both ends if you don't have a way to, to check yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, there, my desk is a mess. Although I'm type A, like I can work in chaos. Yeah, I just, I have to be reminded to take a break because if not, mm-hmm. I'll stay up here. If my kids are asleep, I'll stay up and work. Mm-hmm. But I get a reminder, mm-mm-mm. It's not time for you to be working. So I think that's that's one way. And then I saw her comment, her question about sleep. I, when I when I go to sleep, I'm sleep. Um, <laughs> Me too. I'm sleep because of I mean getting up at four thirty and you're going all day long. When you, when I hit the pillow, I'm I'm sleep. Yeah, I know that's real. I first off, um, I have not met your mom, but I love her already. Uh, <laughs> I love her so much for so many reasons. Uh, and. One thing that that question makes me think about, too, is because I have had some nights where I go down and and while I'm laying in bed and my mind is actually racing with business ideas where I've had to learn to actually put in a routine of how I transition and like close my day to transition into sleep. Or if like even kind of last night, this happened for me when we had our our live Q&A call. It was our first one for cycle six after the call. I had so much adrenaline and energy because I just love it. <laughs> love, love you all, love the program, love what I do, love my business, that I've had to create routines to slow my mind down and transition myself into, to okay, it is ending my day, transitioning to sleep. Some of those routines look like meditating, literally just like, doing a five, 10 minute meditation to be able to like transition my mind out of like the spinning, spinning, spinning to like slowing down. I sleep with ocean sounds <laughs> like of water just to like literally slow my brain down. And so I love that question because when it's your passion, you get energy from it and the energy can come at 9 a.m., 12 a.m., 8 p.m. when you get an idea. And so that's a real, real thing. Allison, tell the people what's coming up for you in your business. Anything that is is you want to share with folks, how they can connect with you and let folks know what what's anything you want to share about your business. Okay, I can do that. So uh, coming up, I'm doing a, a PD. I think I mentioned at the beginning um, for school in Chicago. So again, another opportunity I'm blessed to have. And then... Because of some board work that I do in Alabama, I'm also partnering with the board to do some training and development for some alumni teachers um, in Alabama. I um, mean, because, again, more connections, I'll actually be hosting uh, some executive coaches through the business, which is also something I'm really excited about as well. Uh, so those mm-hmm. are the, the next things that are coming up. And then I'm, I'm just going to coast for a little while while we transition possibly to be going back to being in a school building. Uh, so also knowing what's coming down the pipe for myself, but getting in touch with me. So I don't get to tell this story often. So I have a little audience. So I'll do so. I know you use your name as your business. I chose to go a different route um, because again, for me, it's about the legacy that mm-hmm. I'm leaving for my kids. And so Alexander is all my children's middle names. 
Um, I did not know that. Yeah, and so and you know I, what I always wondered where that came from. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. I love it so much. Yeah, so Alexander uh, Zalmaki's middle name. Um, I don't know. I don't plan to have more, but if we have a girl, we're gonna have to figure it out. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, my English teacher from high school is, is in here. But and then my last name is Howard. I took my wife's last name, and so like this this business is very much about my family. Like I said, in the legacy. It's also interesting that we focus on mid level leadership, and it is their middle name, so Alexander Howard, and so that is how the name came to be. And so social media, Alexander Howard Ed Ed at the end, because um, somebody somebody else had the idea to have something called Alexander Howard for whatever reason. So uh, Facebook, Instagram. And Twitter as well. So that is where you can find me. I'm working on being more social media savvy, but it's, it's not my, it's not my strength right now. Uh, but I'm working on it. But if you send me an email or you send me an instant message, I, I'm pretty responsive. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. You probably already see this in the chat, but this just shows you how small the world is. Your high school teacher, Dr. Allison, and I are randomly connected. And the when she learned that you and I connected, she shared how much she loves you and just how proud she is. And so I'm so excited that she is able to give you love through this, this IG Live as a expression of uh, just all the amazing things that you've been able to accomplish and just your journey. And I'm just so glad that you had the opportunity to be able to share your story with the folks who are able to join us tonight and through your audience, because through your story, folks Thank you, are baby. able to I see forgot. themselves in you. Come on, come on. Your <laughs> village is, is coming for tonight. I love it so much. Village goals, village goals. Would you like to share your website? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's also in the chat. <laughs> AlexanderHowardEd.com. Through there, you can subscribe to what the things that we have coming up. Um, and my wife handles all of like all of those logistics, all that business stuff. So once you visit the website, feel free to, to shoot us an email to tell us how much you enjoy the website. You know, I can never give her enough praise for the things that she does to keep us afloat. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Allison, I'm so excited for what's to come for you and your business. I'm so excited for the way that you are pushing through the mindset work that we all have to go through through entrepreneurs to be able to take up space because you deserve all the space. You deserve all the space, all the contracts, all the monies, everything. Because because when you have a profound impact, that means kids and communities are better. And I'm so glad you're doing this work. I'm so glad you're doing this work. And if you are ready to start growing and launching your consulting business, I have tons of resources, including joining my mailing list, which would be uh, one of the best ways for us to be able to connect because I always share share resources. So, Allison, thank you for your time. And thank you for having I, me. We we gonna we gonna show love and continue to stay connected. I'm your forever coach and forever cheerleader. I'm so excited for your business. Thank you. Y'all have a great evening. <laughs>